Hi and welcome to the Final Whistles Premier League Weekly presented by Live Now. It's that time of the year where it's football, 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 left, right and centre with games coming thick and fast. And that means FPL managers need to be on their toes, chopping and changing, especially with some games being called off due to COVID. Speaking of stoppages, two teams who look fairly unstoppable are Liverpool and Chelsea, and we have a bonafide blue and a raucous red. Tell us all about their team's aims and ambitions heading into the new year. All this and more on the Final Whistles Premier League Weekly, presented by Live Now. What's up everyone, I'm Raushan. Deepan has obviously swapped the microphone for Monday this week off for reservist, so it's just me on this week's show and thankfully I've got two fans for company. Starting with Jared Gallagher, Young Lion and a Bonafide Blue. Before I introduce the next guest, Jared, why Chelsea? Um, from the moment I started playing football, I picked up a match attacks pack and uh, Didier Drogba was the first player that stuck out to me and uh, ever since then, he's... he's He's led my uh, passion for the Blues. Good to hear. Good to hear that it started with Drogba. And our next guest is Farah Naya, SPL presenter and a passionate Red. Farah, I follow you on Twitter, so I know how passionate you can be. But when did this obsession with Liverpool begin? Honestly, I feel like I remember it be- me being like eight or nine years old. And I don't know if it's good for my health or not. But like, you know, it hasn't stopped since then. But yeah, I mean, it's been quite a journey. That's okay. <laughs> Fair enough. I think both of you I'm have, sure we'll uh, get onto that. <laughs> exactly. That journey <laughs> Liverpool fans have been on, right? Guys, speaking of journeys, I tell you what was a journey. The UCL draw on Monday oh was quite God. a journey. Yeah. I think that redraw is nothing like I've ever seen in my life. But speaking of draws, let's let's talk about the second draw, which is then the official draw, right? Uh we'll start I mean, with Chelsea. You. <laughs> Same thing, same. Yeah, same. No, same no thing. difference. Yeah, exactly. No difference. Chelsea drawing Lille first time and second time. You must be quite happy with the draw, Jared. Ah, ecstatic. When I saw it for the first time, and then five minutes later, I see there's a redraw. I, my, 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 I nearly cried. I was like, we're not in. We're, we're not ready to come up against a Bayern Munich right now. I don't think a Lille, a Lille is a much better team for us to come up against. You know, last year or two seasons ago, sorry, I think. We, we dominate the, them in the group stage, so I think there's no reason we can't do the same. Fair enough. And Liverpool against Inter Milan, second time round. Who, correct, fresh my memory, who did Liverpool draw the first time round? Salzburg. Ah, you went from Ooh, Salzburg yeah. to Inter Milan. You can't yeah. be too happy, Farah. No, I was so incredibly pleased with Salzburg. And then we had to redraw, and I genuinely thought deep in my heart we were going to get PSG. I was mm. like, ah, that's it. That's it. And then... I mean, well, I would take Inter over PSG. So, there's that. But, yeah, I'm, I wouldn't say... Although, although I feel like we didn't have too much trouble against their neighbours, AC Milan. So, I'm hoping that, you know, Inter wouldn't pose too much of a threat as well. Fair enough, fair enough. I take your point. Just before we move on to the Premier League, right? I just need to get the Champions League predictions out of the way. Chelsea, of course, reigning European champions. Do you see them going all the way this year, Jared? I think if we can refine the form that we showed a couple of weeks back, you know, we've, we've we're in a little bit of a shaky spot now, but I just think the, if Chilwell comes back in January and we have our full-strength squad, we get Lukaku firing, I don't think there's any reason why not. You know, I'd say the Premier League has the best teams in the world right now. And barring that one game against City, we haven't really looked like we've struggled with any of any of them, especially against Liverpool, we were we were strong. So I think there's no reason why we can't go all the way again. 
Yep, you got to be confident is half the game, half the game, right? So maybe you might go all the way. Liverpool, of course, European royalty. Farah, do you expect them to win number seven? I believe under club. I mean, it's it's definitely always in the back of my mind because we do tend to do so much better in Europe. We just love playing in Europe, and judging by our group stage results, I mean six and six, I truly believe that we can definitely go all the way. But it depends on who we're gonna face next on, and you know, and if we don't pick up any more inj- any injuries, so that's what I'm hoping for. Also, losing probably more in Sadio in January might be very detrimental to us. So I'm just hoping that we keep that squad intact for the rest of the season. And if we do, then I don't see why we can't leave number seven. Actually, that point about losing more in Sadio uh, in January to the FCON, how much of a derailment is that going to be to Liverpool season? Because as an opposition fan, as a Manchester United fan, I'm licking my lips at the prospect <laughs> of Liverpool being derailed. So honestly, do you think Liverpool can cope without more and uh, money? Coping, I believe we can cope, but we're going to miss them incredibly because like their influence, their creativity, especially the goals, will be incredibly missed, right? So like, Obviously, then the question is now like who is expected to take their place when they're mm. gone. You have this bunch of players, but they're not like I. I don't want to be. I mean, no disrespect, right? You have like Jota and Firmino, who's I'm hoping coming back from injury soon. And then you have the likes of Minamino and then Divock, obviously. But they really are decent at best. Just mm. you know, mm. truthfully, mm. just decent at best. So you mm. can't lose the likes of like Salah and Mane for this bunch of games when you've got the likes of like Chelsea and City who have got so much squad depth, right? And they can bring on all these quality players off the bench and then we don't have that. So I'm definitely worried. I, I think like you're being a bit harsh on Origi there yeah. though. <laughs> yeah, she didn't even mention <laughs> Divock throughout that. Like I some people might argue Divock deserves a statue <laughs> you, you, outside yeah, Enfield or something. You, you mentioned him slightly but come on, the man has, has clutched jeans. He, that's all he does is score on... on <laughs> unconceivable goals that no one else would come <laughs> on and score. Exactly. I, I, can't dis- I can't disagree, but let's be real. I feel like <laughs> Divock is just better off the bench and he's really not the same player when he comes on. Fair, fair. I, 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 I take so, your point. Yeah, I take yeah. your point. I think, I think he's Liverpool's answer to Ole. You know, I think he's, yeah. he's got that similar <laughs> role. Cult yeah. hero status. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Com- that's, that's that, but... I so he'll come back it. and manage Liverpool someday? Is that what you're trying to say? <laughs> Jared, uh, answer that question. <laughs> as a Chelsea fan, I would love to see him have the same record at, at Liverpool that Ole did at United in, in 20, 30 years' time, whatever it is. Jared, Jared, I, I can see you get very excited throwing shade at Liverpool and Manchester United. Hold on, hold on. We talked about this Chelsea squad depth that Farah brought up a while ago. But I'm looking at uh, Chelsea's recent form. Uh, patchy, to say the least. Suddenly that, defense, yes. suddenly that defense looks beatable. How come? It's hard to watch. I think, honestly, I have to point out Marcus Alonso, specifically, I think. He is just, he's just an accident waiting to happen, in my opinion. You saw in the penalty against Leeds, just so clumsy. And I think, obviously, going forward, he provides a massive threat. You know, this height with that, that left foot, with his timing in the box. But we're so solid at the back because Chilwell can go up and down. And he's, He's, he's versatile enough that he can fulfill both sides of the game. Whereas Alonso, I think, as, as years have gone, gone on, I mean, he was never a great defensive wingback, but mm. now he's get, definitely getting exposed in, in this role. So I, 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 
I mean, apart from him, you know, Reese James has had a great season, but even then he's cooled off a little bit in the last few games. He's coming a lot more centrally, trying yeah. to get on the ball and make things happen. I think maybe he's he's in his own head too much, you know, maybe maybe a little bit of the hype is getting to him. He's trying to di- dictate everything where it should be, just be more natural. Fair enough. Good, then, good, uh, good mm. analysis of Liverpool. Uh, Chelsea's worries even with their fullbacks, especially. So as I mentioned at the top, it's that time of year where football happens almost every day of the week. I love it absolutely. And there were two games last night on match day seventeen. Could have been three with Manchester United playing, but that game obviously got called off. So let's start by looking ahead to the two games that went ahead. Uh, we can't start too far from Man City seven Leeds United nil. I mean, both of you have vested interest in how Man City do because the three teams are the ones competing for the title, right? Farah, if I can start with you, what do you make of Man City? Are they the real deal? I can't stand them, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, personal feelings aside. <laughs> no, I mean, um, no, it's honestly, honestly, just by that, their performance last night, you, you already, I mean, we already know this, but last night's performance for the you know, justifies how strong they are. Like 7-0, come on. Like, we, we already know they're very strong. So they're definitely the team to beat. I mean, as as much as, like I said earlier before we started, can't stand Chelsea, can't stand City. But, you uh, know, been, Chelsea been, are been definitely... They've done that 7-0, 7-0, they've done that, by the way. <laughs> Guys, Fine. Let's, let's be honest here. Even Manchester United, who have no reason to even brag, have banged plenty of goals past Leeds. So is it really such a big deal? Because Leeds United have looked fairly poor this year. Yeah, I'd say they have a lot of injury issues as well. But okay, just going off the Chelsea result, us barely scraping a 3-2 win against them. I'll, I'll be the first one to put my hands up and say we played terribly in that game and we were lucky to get away with, with the three points. But I think at the end of the day, in this sort of close title chase, three points is all that matters, you know? The sort of yeah, games yeah. that you need to grind out. Just on that, right? Like, you know, we were, we were talking about Chelsea's form and how it hasn't been, you know, hundred percent, but you know we've won five on a five in a row. So as so have City, and judging by this, right, Chelsea are only one point behind us. So I honestly, it's just so incredibly tight, and that form that Chelsea are in right now, I don't see them not getting out of it, and we could we could easily fall into that as well. You know, so it's it's just gonna be. I feel that fight for the title is gonna be so so close. Yeah, it's super nip and tuck at the top, right? You don't even know which way it's going to go anytime soon. There's another game that took place yesterday, Aston Villa winning 2-0 against Norwich City. Farah, I'll come to you first, obviously, because of Aston Villa's <laughs> manager. How do you think he's fed uh, in his opening few games as uh, Aston Villa manager? No, I think he's done incredibly well. I mean, he had two tough games in there, which is which obviously is, um, City and Liverpool. Lost both of them. And I think that was expected, although... They were really, really tough for us to beat. Uh, I mean, last weekend, I, it was I. I was terrified watching it. Like, I I genuinely thought we were not gonna make it out of there because they proved. To, I mean, you know, I think post match, I think he was asked why did he set up his team to you know just defend against us. But mm-hmm. I think he said that obviously that was never his intention. That that was never how he would actually set out his team, but I think we, the way we play, we force them into, into a more, into, you know, into a more defensive side. So they have no choice but to be incredibly packed back. So I think you know, all in all, I think Stevie has done an amazing job, and I'm actually very proud of him. And I can't wait for the day that obviously when Klopp goes, I feel like he might be next in line. 
Uh, early days yet, but certainly I think he's he's ticked all the right boxes, right? And yeah. it's good to see that a club like Aston Villa, it seems like a match almost made in heaven between Aston Villa, the size of the club, but yet where they find themselves and the assignment Gerard has at hand. All right, let's quickly look ahead to the rest of the games this game week. We got Brighton Wolves playing tonight. Crystal Palace, Southampton, Burnley, Watford, Arsenal, West Ham, all of which will be played by the time this episode comes out. But there's still games coming up. Uh, three more games, actually. So let's zoom in on the Live Now game of the week, which is Chelsea against Everton. Jared, obviously, I'm going to come to you for this. Everton look shit. Yes, they <laughs> so do. They, surely, they look Chelsea appalling, can't but, look But that's worse. what scares me. That's what scares me. It's like <laughs> The games that we should win, like the Leeds game, even even West Ham takes that. I know West Ham are flying, but we 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 gave them that victory. You know what I mean? So I think this is sort of a game that I'm scared of as a Chelsea fan because Everton do have some quality players in there. You know, Richarlison, Damari Gray has looked amazing this season. Townsend has a wand of a left foot that if he decides to use it one day, you know, it can it can cause us real pain. So I think there's there's no reason that we we don't go in there with 100% focus and we should we should smash them at least two or three nil if we have a full strength squad. Hopefully Lukaku gets a few. You know. Gets himself going Lukaku again. Who still plays for you? I forgot. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I don't. I don't fault you for that. You know, habits has habits has looked much better than him as like a, a more natural, dynamic player in that front three. But I think Lukaku's obviously his his qualities are so so good, and he's world class. He's he's a world class finisher. You know, if you get him in the box, I wouldn't take anyone else in the Chelsea squad over him to, to bag us a goal against Everton. So hopefully, he can find some of that form. Fair. And Farah, just coming to you, I want to talk about the Liverpool, uh, the Everton perspective even. And they have a former Liverpool manager at the helm. Rafa Benitez, incredibly under pressure, I would think, with the form Everton find themselves in. How much more time is he be going to be given? I mean, the fans are already calling for his head, right? Like, I, I think mean, they, they called for his head even him. before he, <laughs> yeah. he came into the club. <laughs> they never wanted him in the, in the first place. Look, I mean, you can't ask Rafa to... I mean, okay... I feel like, you know, Jared already said it. Um, Everton haven't been, and you've said it as well, they, they just, unfortunately, shit. That's what they are. And I feel like you cannot work. This is, I, I don't think there's anything more that Rafa can do, mm. unfortunately. And yeah, if, yeah, if you it, look at the amount of money he spent as well, you know, like compared to previous Everton managers, he, yeah. he barely spent anything. Yeah. yeah so, I think he got Thompson on a free and then uh, they got the Myrai Gray, if I'm not wrong. On, on a cheap yeah. deal as well. So he hasn't been afforded the money to try and build his team as well. But basically, Farah, what you're trying to say is this is as good as the squad is and he will pay the price for it? Yeah, definitely. I don't think it's going to last much longer. Although I don't know who their option, you know, who's next in line, what their options are if Rafa goes. But yeah, I really don't see him staying on any longer because judging by their their recent performances... It, it's not. It's not great. Are they what fourteenth in the table uh, on yeah, I think eighteen they are. points or something? Yeah. So yeah. It, yeah, it's not great. Although it's great for me. <laughs> <laughs> I knew you would say that. Okay, speaking about money being spent, Newcastle United have obviously hogged the headlines with all the money, all the Arab money coming in. Uh, but yeah, they go up against uh, Liverpool this week. Liverpool yeah. against Newcastle. It's a. It's a. It's a big deal for Newcastle if they want to even get any form of form going because I've seen Eddie Howe come in. I've seen so much good things being said about Eddie Howe in his yeah. management style. But quite honestly, he found a team in that relegation zone. He's, the team remains in the relegation zone. So 
how big a task does Eddie Howe have at hand? Because they are dreaming about Champions League, but might well be end up being the championship, no? <laughs> That's true. It, it's 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 going to be a huge one, but you can't expect Eddie Howe to work on. So, I mean, I don't think it's de- Newcastle definitely a work in progress. You're not going to expect them to start firing up results right now, like now, right? Like you, you, I think we would see what they would do in the summer, maybe even January. But I think the summer, chance of winning in the summer is going to be a huge one for them, obviously with all the money they're going to have and they would be able to spend. So I, I don't think you can judge them now. If we truly want to judge them for what it is and you know, with new owners and everything, it's going to have to be next season. At least, at least that's what I think for me. Yeah. Farah, I take your point about maybe the summer will be a big one, but should they at all be worried that they need to get to the summer being a Premier League club first, ah. because otherwise, then who's honestly wanting to join a Championship club? Yeah, you're absolutely right. But I, you know, I think for them, it's one game at a time. But I do see them. I actually do see them just vibing it through and just making it by like the skin of their teeth. And Fair. I think they'll stay in the. I think they will definitely stay in the Premier League. Okay, just on the on the Liverpool perspective going into the Newcastle game, Jared, I'm going to pick your brain on this one because it does look like a straightforward, with all due respect to Newcastle, win for Liverpool. But on the FPL perspective, Jared, do you have more Salah in your team? I do, but I also have same, same, same Maximin. So my ah, buyers okay. have, I have Trent as well. So in a perfect world, I mean, I'd love all of them to get points, but I think I would take Trent and Salah's points over St. Maximin's. Okay. No, the reason, the Farah, your triple captain shout is valid, but it's invalid because the teams are already locked in because the game week started, right? So, okay. there's See, been a I lot of rumors that, yeah. <laughs> don't say that, there's been a lot of rumors that Mo Salah might be rested for this. Are you at all worried, Jared, that Mo Salah might take a break because of the congestion of fixtures in December? Oh, this is the first I've heard of it. So sadly, yes. Same. Oh no. Yeah. I might have to to oh, I, I hope I captain I hope I didn't captain him, but I have a feeling I did. Oh no. I, I think but, I, I did. Mean, but guys, to be fair, it might be one tweet I saw on Twitter that might not be <laughs> even from a verified account. So don't fret too much. Relax. I I, I, I think, think it, 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 it makes sense. Oh, I mean, <laughs> okay. Wait, I, I, there's I two contrasting views here. We'll we'll go with the Liverpool opinion. You, uh, Farah, you obviously see him starting for sure. Is it? I definitely see him starting. I mean, in this period, more than anything, is really important. We have like what five games still the third of yeah. Jan or something, yeah. Yeah. and it's gonna be crazy. And these are the bunch of games you want to win. I mean, as of course you want to keep you know your players. Intact. You don't want any of them to break apart and, and, and everything, right? But it, this is such an important period that I don't see Jurgen Klopp resting him. Fair so enough. I, I see him starting, but maybe if we're already like 4 nil up, 60 minutes in, then I'm kind of, you know, I don't see why you're going to not well, Someone's confident. Him. Someone's yeah. confident. <laughs> no, I'm actually quite scared. <laughs> 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 I mean, no. The last two games especially... To be honest, yes. I will be I will be surprised if he's rested because purely because he's going off to the FCON. Why exactly. does he need a break? Cool. It's yeah. it's Egypt's worry, right? If he arrives tired, yeah. it's not Klopp's worry. So if I were yeah. Jurgen, I would play him until he says take me out, which I don't think a player like Mo Salah will. Exactly. Uh, there's one final game to look ahead to this on Metric 17, which is Leicester City against Tottenham. Uh, again, Leicester have found it difficult this year. I think uh, Brandon Rogers scaled the mountains quite high the past couple of years. And then this year has been a bit of a reality check for them. 
they find themselves eighth, one win in the last five. I do beg your pardon, two win in the last two wins in the last five. Uh, Leicester, are they realistically? I mean, we saw them flirt with top four positions and all in the seasons gone by, but this year, realistically, what is their ambition, Jared? I think any sort of cup success would be obviously they would try to maintain a high position, you know, finish as high as they can. But I think realistically, the top four. Top six even is out of their out of their sights this season. I think you know United have looked like there there might be an uptick in form. Spurs potentially you know they have quality in their team. Arsenal as well. Like I think Leicester will find it hard to get into that top six. But I think something like the Conference League. You know although Brendan Rodgers doesn't even know what it is. I think he could <laughs> <laughs> he could aim to do well in that. You know I think there's no reason even something like a, a an FA Cup run maybe. I think yeah. those those are realistic targets. You know I think they've had so much success in the last years last couple of years, I think their fans have been accustomed to, to competing, you know, they don't want to be back to, to, to being a mid table team or, or anything like that. You know, I think a cup, Fair, a cup I, I do think, great. I do think Brendan Rogers winning a couple of uh, cups. I think he won the FA cup last year. And then the community shield has almost afforded him some time to try and sort this mess. If I can call it that out at Leicester, right. For our same question about Tottenham, really, we've seen Antonio Conte come in with a lot of fanfare. And yeah. to be fair, Tottenham haven't exactly hit the ground running. I mean, they're getting good results. They're they are building momentum, building steam decently. But realistically, what are Tottenham's ambitions this year? Honestly, you always see them season after season at least try to get into that top four, right? And if they don't get into the top four, it's always the next two spots that's up for grabs. So definitely a European place. not Maybe not a Champions League, but I definitely see them Finishing in the top six is going to be incredibly difficult, especially since West Ham came out from absolutely nowhere. <laughs> David Moyes. <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. I mean, they've beaten Chelsea, they've beaten Liverpool. Like, hello, I don't know where that came from. But, I mean, it, it's incredible to watch. Not nice to be on the end of it. But, mm. you know, it's going to be hard for Spurs. But I think I definitely see them finishing in the top six. I mean, especially now they're picking up a little bit of um, good couple of run results, right? Think yeah. they've won three in, on a bounce. Yeah, I think so. Yes. Yeah. So you know, I feel like I see them keeping up that momentum, and if they do, top six at least. Fair enough. I think that's realistic, and that's what's crazy about this Premier League season. Because honestly, top four already, three of the places are taken up by City, Chelsea, and Liverpool. And then there's one more yeah. to fight for, and then you got West Ham suddenly inviting themselves to this party. <laughs> yeah. So and then there's obviously Arsenal who don't have Europe, so maybe. They will try and focus, but Arsenal got their own issues. So yeah. there's, there's, it just makes it so unpredictable almost. We're going to have one last thing on game week 17. That's the score prediction for the live now game of the week, which is Chelsea against Everton. We'll let the Chelsea fan go second. So the Liverpool fan, Farah, what's your predictions for Chelsea Everton? I mean, Everton are horrendous. You know, even if Chelsea are on a bad run, I'm going to say Chelsea 3-1. Okay. And Jared? I'd like to see us with a clean sheet more than I'd like to see us score a lot of goals. So I'll go for 2-0. I hope just a clinical, you know, clean performance, professional performance. Okay, fantastic. Good good predictions. I think both of which can come true. I predict uh, 4-2. Crazy game. Oh, no, please, ah. no. My heart, <laughs> <laughs> my, heart, my heart can't take that. No. All right. Exactly. Uh, All right. That's game week 17 done and dusted, but we're only just getting started because we do have another round of games to look ahead to, and that's this weekend, and that's match week 18. Who's next? 
Right, this is Who's Next, where we look ahead to matches in the Premier League while also picking out some FPL assets to consider. And because Christmas is around the corner, we're in a giving mood and you have a chance to win three free passes for two matches on this episode, courtesy of Live Now. We're offering single match passes for the Premier League and provide a flexible option for soccer fans in Singapore with the ability to purchase pay-per-view passes for one fixture per match week. As I mentioned earlier, the first game is Chelsea against Everton. And the other is Newcastle against Manchester City. So don't forget to go to our Instagram or Facebook page at TFinalWhistle to find out how you can win three free Premier League match passes each week for yourself. Gosh, guys, that was a lot. This is why I need Deepen around, apart from what he brings to the episode. Deepen, we miss you. All right, looking ahead to Game Week 18, we have to start with the Live Now game of the week, which is Newcastle against Manchester City. We touched on Manchester City earlier, looking so rampant, right? How how big of an assignment is this going to be for a Newcastle team? Can they even at least salvage a draw? Because when Man City come into that form, suddenly things are clicking. Even Jack Grealish is getting a goal. Um, I mean, the, I, go ahead. Okay, thank you. Um, honestly, I don't, I don't see any result going. Like, there's, uh, it's impossible, you know. On the back of seven goals against a, a lead side that has been good in the past, I don't think a Newcastle side that's at the bottom of the table that has a bleak future at best is is going to be causing any problems. Honestly, unless say Maximin can dribble past eleven players for ninety <laughs> minutes, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't think they're going to be doing much in that game. If, if if football was FIFA, Maximum might well do that, but I don't see him dribbling past 11 Man City players. Farah, slightly different question for you. Jack Grealish, I touched on him earlier, scoring, right? But Jack Grealish costs £100 million. And the press are already saying if he was playing for, for example, Manchester United, he would be labelled a yeah. flop. Do you think Jack Grealish just has justified his price tag? Oh, not at all. No, but the thing is, I think everyone has already been saying that. Bef- like way before he even put on a city shirt and when the price tag came out that he was going to cost them this much he was already given mm. a lot of you know people were already questioning that price tag on him and unfortunately I don't think he's truly lived up to that but it is incredibly difficult because you're coming into a city site with all these huge players who are all fighting for a spot to play in the first 11, right? And even that bench, like I would take that bench because look at my bench and look at their bench. It's just, (laughs) that whole squad is just incredible. Like if you, that's the kind of squad you would want for yourself. And uh, yeah, just unfortunately, yeah, it's incredibly stacked. So Lion City Sailors will be proud of (laughs) (laughs) them. Exactly. They're getting there. (laughs) They get there. But um, yeah, so I think he's definitely been finding it very, very hard and yeah, I just don't think that he has lived up to it. I hope, hopefully, just, he he can pick up, pick it up. Yeah, just as I think, I think the system as well is a big issue because if you look at Aston Villa last season, they were just dependent on him really to to sort mm-hmm. of carry yeah. the ball. And whereas in City, it's a lot more fluid. You know, he's played as a false nine. He's played on the left. He's I think he's probably spent some time in midfield as well as a number eight. Like he's still being coached and molded into the player that Pep wants him to be. Yeah. So I, I think, think that's going to take yeah. some time. And he's never been a goal scorer either, so his stats aren't going to be incredible. Yeah, I I think Jared yeah. summed it up quite well yeah. there because I think Aston Villa, he was always the main man and he just went in there and lift the team, right? Whereas when you play for Pep, he's obviously, it's like going to university almost where he's teaching you things every yeah. time you go for training. So it's going to be difficult. Jared, uh, FPL-related question for you here. 
We saw Bernardo Silva limp off injured against uh, Leeds United. I have Bernardo in my team and you mentioned you have Bernardo in your team. Going into this fixture for Man City against Newcastle, which asset would you consider bringing in from Man City, I assume? Think with Man City, I think the, the likely one is Gundogan. You know, he came on for him at half at halftime. But honestly, with with Man City squad, it's a rotation every week. You know, it's it's mm. it's 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 a it's a coin toss of who could score for. You know, honestly, against Newcastle, like you you never know because their squad is so so ridiculously talented. Foden, you know, Mares, Kevin De Bruyne looks like he's back to his best. You know, he had a great game against Leeds, so. He could be the one to bring in. I think the Bruyne, if you have the money to to afford him, him or Foden would be my best bets. That's that's actually uh, good choices, but I'm not sure everybody can afford the Bruyne though. But good choices. <laughs> Moving on to the next game, Tottenham against Liverpool, which is a game I want to look forward to. That's happening oh all the way Monday uh, Sunday night. I assume Monday twentieth yeah. December at twelve thirty. So far, you've obviously set your alarms for this one and um, how are you looking for how much are you looking forward to this game against uh, Spurs playing away I mean like I said I think I'm, it's just this period this whole festive period it's just game after game after game it's like where's the rest so mm. you know it's, it's great it's great for us we love football so this is good but I'm just hoping all I want is a you know, just I just want us to see it through. I'll okay. take a one nil win. I'll take a one nil win. I'm not sure Liverpool do one nils though. Well, the last two games proved to be mm, fair. The case. So, yeah. um, but yeah, so I I'll just take any sort of a win at this point of time and just get on with it because I think, like I said, this period incredibly tough, and to be champion you need to grind out this kind of results and you yep. have to keep that consistency. So I'm just hoping we get that out of the way and just take all three points. Okay, you talk about that tough fixture list, we are congestion, we are going into December, yeah. right? As a Liverpool fan then, what is your ideal scenario in January? Do you need to be just in touching distance of Man City or you need to at least aim to be on top? Because obviously we talked about FCON, players are going to be missing so yeah. what is the ideal situation you want to find yourself or your team in in January I mean exactly where we are because if if I say I want my team to win every single game till then because I think we're, th- we're facing Chelsea on the 3rd of Jan so right after the new year I and I'm assuming City will win all their games as well I so I would just see us exactly there and I, I honestly think the turning point would be when we face City again face them mm. again yeah. face Chelsea again so that third gen clash with Chelsea huge one mm. and then the next one comes and then you got Shrewsbury in the cup after that that's huge as well no? <laughs> massive massive as you know Jürgen Klopp loves cup games yeah. so I don't think I don't so think Salah will get rested for that one either I don't think Salah <laughs> yeah, no 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 <laughs> Jack team we're gonna see Mane Salah Firmino uh, Jota to be fair, I didn't even realize Liverpool play Chelsea on 3rd of January. What a tantalizing fixture that is going to be, right? Especially because there's so many games between now and then and who knows which way the teams exactly. will find themselves going into that game. And that's exactly where we're going next. Wolves and Chelsea, they also play uh, on Sunday, 19 December at 10pm. Uh, that's right before the Liverpool game. Wolves have looked good, haven't they, this year? I think they've got... Some unlucky losses, but a lot of teams after playing them, a lot of managers, I think Pep was the most recent one to come out and say they're a very well-coached team who are difficult to break down. Jared, have Wolves caught your eye at all? 
yeah, I think they had a slow start. You know, obviously up front, they were lacking without, without Jimenez, but now that he's come back, he seems like he's found some form, you know, obviously they have, the, they have their key players throughout the squad, like Adama, uh, Ruben Neves, John Moutinho. I think they're just, it's just, there's a lot of quality in the squad and they're finally put, putting the pieces together and that's scary, especially for us coming, coming to them off the back of some not so great results and performances. So potential banana skin for Chelsea? <sighs> Potential, yes, but I would I would hope that we have the quality and the and and, and the resilience and maybe you know maybe off the back of a, a good result against Everton, who knows that we can um, go in there with good confidence and um, put put them to bed. To be honest, I like what I've seen from Wolves this year. I mean, I know they find themselves like mid table, not exactly flying high, but I think they've been they've proved under Bruno Lager that they 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 are a well-drilled team and like to your point they have if they have a good, decent goal scorer up front Jimenez is suspended he might be back for that one i think so they might pull a surprise but chelsea again uh, i mean just just on that uh, just on that suspension what a silly way to get suspended i'm sorry but <laughs> I, I oh i can't as a, as a professional you know, first first minute not even first minute on the clock on the second yeah, exactly half, two oh, yellows no. in 30 seconds is it I think so. Something I think that's like that, it was. yeah. It's ridiculous. And imagine, I mean, he was in good form as well. So my heart goes out to the millions of FPL owners who would have plumped for Raul Jimenez. I was one of them and then I had to scramble to replace him. But, you know, it's okay. We, we forgive you. Just come back and score a hat-trick <laughs> or something. Uh, yeah, so there's one last game to look forward to on uh, Game Week 18 and that's Manchester United against Brighton. Never thought I'll do this with two opposing fans because I'm so used to having a Manchester United fan around. But either way, I have to do it. So, Farah, begrudgingly, <laughs> what do you make of Ralph Rangnick's start at Manchester United first well? Not bad, no? I mean, you're, you're getting the results you won. And that's all that matters, right? I mean, of course I know. I, I mean, I, like I said, I follow you on Twitter. I see Deepen's tweets. I see all United fans tweeting and stuff and you know I have a bunch of United friends fans friends whatever around me and you guys don't seem to be too happy that you're getting the results because you want to play a certain way as you as you guys call it the United way uh, so I, I, that, I honestly that, don't I, know what the United way is at this point <laughs> sure. anymore maybe yeah. Yeah. Um, but I mean again that's going to always take some time with a new manager and we know you know you guys were very excited to get him on board and you know the kind of quality the quality he, he would definitely bring on to, to, to the squad. But again, it's going to take some time. But as of now, you're doing fine. You're getting the mm. results you need. <laughs> three mm. points is three points. So I think this is not bad. Jared, anything to add on Manchester United? What you've seen so far? I mean, obviously he has, he has a specific style he likes to play. I don't know if the players are necessarily suited to that. You know, you've seen some interesting names come in. Dalo playing over Luke Shaw, you know, we've got Ronaldo pressing even a little bit, which is something I haven't seen in years. I think maybe not <laughs> since I was born, mm-hmm. yeah. but um, I think, I think, you know, like, like, um, like Farah mentioned, it's just about results at this stage, you know, philosophy and, and, and style of play come slowly. It's a, it's a gradual process. It's not instantaneous. It's not overnight, you know, and as of now, man, you know, you just need to put themselves in a position to qualify for the Champions League. I think that's, that's the main goal, you know, next year. Exactly, sure I think get into that top four. I think that's the minimum target for Ralph, right? That's what he needs to do. I think he's been quite kind. The fixtures, the way they've fallen for him, he's got Brighton and then Newcastle, Burnley, Wolves, Villa, Villa a couple of times because one of them is in the cup. I mean, honestly, yeah. it's it's manageable fixtures. 
And I mean, in an ideal situation, without too much disrespect to the rest of the teams, I do think he needs to start winning. And fire the point you brought up earlier about fans still being frustrated about not playing the United way and stuff like that. Yeah. I'm I'm not in that camp. I just feel yeah. at this stage, like Jared touched on, it's about just getting the results, right? It doesn't yeah. matter how you do it because yeah. that United team, when Ole left, was so bereft of confidence. Absolutely gone. Like, we got yeah. ripped apart by Watford. And that all boils down to confidence. So I think the more he starts winning games or at least grinds results out, the more players might buy into his whole philosophy and then hopefully push on from there. Again, we've only talking about a six-month contract. So that's another thing that yeah. worries me because if it's just six months, then what happens after that? But that's a conversation for another day. Just a quick yeah. question on the opponent's Brighton, right? There was so much said about Gary Potter, like being Graham Potter even, being like this great manager who's linked to all the top jobs. I think when Tottenham was available, he was linked there. But Brighton have completely come off the boil since that fantastic start to the year. They are winless in five. They find themselves in 12th place in the table. What's gone wrong for Brighton, Jared? I think it's a classic case of, you know, a team has a good few results. You know, they, the bigger clubs especially didn't necessarily expect them to maybe play the type of football that they did. It was it was attractive. It was it was very forward. It was they, they weren't sitting back and waiting, you know. They, they, they put themselves on the front foot to go and get these results, especially against the smaller teams. So I think now that the fixtures especially have piled on, you know, they don't perhaps have the squad depth that some of these other teams have. So you've seen them drop slowly and slowly further down the table. But I think there are, there are some, you know, Premier League veterans in the squad. You look at the guys like Welbeck, Valana. I think when you're relying on those players as much as they are, I think... It's 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 inevitable that they, they can only go so far. You know, Graham Potter can 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 be a great manager, and he reminds me a little bit of Eddie Howe almost in that he's for an English manager, he's very very attractive. He plays he, progressive, he manages, yeah. yeah, yeah, he's yeah. very progressive, yeah. Mm, so mm, I think mm. that's that's perhaps his issue. You know, maybe he's 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 trying a bit too much with the players that he has, and he has to maybe reel it back and be a little bit more realistic with the type of football that they can play. Fair enough. So that's game week 18 done and dusted. Let me just run you through the fixtures. It kicks off with Manchester United against Brighton, Saturday, 8.30pm. Then we have Southampton, Brentford, Watford, Crystal Palace, West Ham, Norwich, Aston Villa, Burnley, Leeds United, Arsenal, all happening Saturday into the midnight. And then on Sunday, Everton, Leicester at 8pm, Wolves, Chelsea, 10pm, Newcastle, Man City, 10.15pm, and then the late one, uh, the late Super Sunday clash between Tottenham and Liverpool. So a lot of football to look forward to. And I think it's especially hard to do a podcast at this point because you don't know when is the prime time to do record the podcast so you don't miss out on a fixture. So thank you so much, Farah Nair and Jared Gallagher for joining us on the show. Uh, Jared, Farah, just before you go, I'd like to put you on the spot and ask you to pick a captain for Game Week 18. Farah, we'll start with you. Who you got? You know I don't do FPL, but I'm going to say Mo Salah. <laughs> I mean, I, I, is that wrong? I mean, you can't go wrong with that. Good advice. Can't can't fault you there. My wife says the same thing all the time. <laughs> Not that I listen, but yeah. Exactly. So you start listening. You, you won't go wrong. I Why think does my, ever what, let you down? I think she would what listening to my wife or putting Salah as captain. Well. <laughs> Jared, who's your captain? I would love to go with Salah, but I have a feeling against Conte. You know, you never know with, with that Spurs team. So I'm gonna go with my boy mm. Money Mason. Mason Mount, Ooh, I think. Mason Mount. I think he's had a very good season. Consider all things considered, you know, he has his obviously some some issues with his, his, with his wisdom teeth and different things. But I think 
he's had some big games recently. He scored. He's he his form looks good. You know, he's 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 a spearhead in that front three alongside our, our boys. So I have to back my my Chelsea boy Mason out. I love the way Jared has so much ownership saying our oh boy and all oh that. Boy. Really, really. All right, put you on the spot for game week eighteen captain pick. One last thing I want to put you on the spot for. You have thirty seconds, okay, on the clock. Who will finish higher this year, Chelsea or Liverpool? Uh, ladies first. So far, ago. I think Liverpool finish higher than Chelsea. I and just why? think. Well, I was going to get into it. I just think that with Jurgen Klopp and the way that you see that we've been performing this season. I mean, last season was, wasn't the best, but the way we've picked up this season and the, the form that we're in, not just in the Premier League and, you know, in Europe as well, it has been incredible. Like the level of our offensive play to me is staggering. It's on another level. So, and if I was supporting another team, I wouldn't want to have to play against us. So I feel like if we continue and we can keep this up, I don't see. I, I see us finishing above Chelsea. Jared. Seems like I'm in a, in a in a school debate, but yes, <laughs> I see. Ch- I I I have to go with Chelsea. I think this season, out of all the teams that have played against Liverpool, obviously buying the West Ham result, which was a bit of a freak one, I think we had the best showing of any of the big teams against Liverpool. You know, considering we had ten men, we held them, and before we got the red card, we, I in my opinion, I think we were dominating the game, especially away at Anfield. I thought we were playing super well. So I think with the squad depth we have that that far I mentioned earlier as well, I think that we can go far, you know, not 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 really be worried about having the the fixture congestion and, and things like the Champions League or AFCON weighing us down. You know, I think we have a pretty clear run, especially off the back of the, the success we had last season in, in the Champions League. I think the blueprint is there for us to keep going and then go all the way. All right, Maybe not win up. the Premier League. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, 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 wait, wait, wait. wait. Oh, wait. I, I what do need he to say? ask you. What do you say? Maybe what not win say? the Premier League. We, we might not win the Premier League, but oh. we'll finish above Liverpool, and that's all that matters. Oh. Okay, okay. So, so, agreeing that so who's winning the title then? Man City? City, la. No, but I say we're finishing above Chelsea. So, I'm saying that we're finishing above City as well. Ah, we okay. So, 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 <laughs> Farah and I are in typical confident fashion says Liverpool are going to, you know, run away with it. I have my doubts because of AFCON uh, especially. Yeah, I do think uh, Chelsea look in better set. Once again, Jared Gallagher, Farah Nair, thank you so much for making time to come on. I had my worries about missing Deepen a bit too much, but you guys have filled that void very well. Bro, I don't miss you as much, but we are reunited <laughs> next week. Deepen and I will be reunited and we'll see you then. Thank you so much.